Well, welcome everybody back to episode 49 of Thoughts from the Shade, which, as always, is brought to you by Menard Premium Detailing. Uh, the premier, the best, the first in class auto detail service in Box County. Uh, interior, outerior, exterior, whatever you need, they got it. Head over to Menard, get shined up for the summer, and check them out on Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram, and at MenardPremiumDetailing.com. So with that, I'll just send it over to my partner in crime, Bomb. What's the word, man? Gee, what's good, buddy? How was the weekend? Not too bad. I was up in uh, up in New York City at a, uh, a Friday night concert at the Garden, as they call it. Uh, saw Eric Church. Uh, guy came on at nine oh seven. Played till midnight. Fantastic, fantastic show. Wow. Were you were you, were you up there in the company of some some fraudulent Ranger fans that you were getting on last week? Plenty of fraudulent Ranger fans. I was actually standing next to a Devils fan, so I kind of felt bad for him until I realized that, you know, his ownership and our ownership is the exact same, the Harris Blitzer group. Uh, so Terrible. we were talking about that for a bit. The guy was ripping Sixers ownership, Devils ownership. Um, but, nah, it was all good, man. I mean, the one thing, you know, I think when you go to a concert, especially a concert in enemy territory, there's a guarantee that you walk out of there in a good mood. Unlike, you know, if you took the train up and you're watching the Sixers or you're watching the Flyers or you're coming up for a college basketball game or maybe you have some rooting interests. Who knows, man? You, you could be you could be on a long train home in a bad mood. But I have nothing but good things to say about the Garden. I was very much impressed. Uh, in fact, just a superior not only event, but a superior fan experience a superior concert goer ex- experience as compared to the wells fargo center i don't know why i'd ever go to a concert at the wells fargo center after going to one at madison square garden take the train spend the cash experience the premier uh you know fan experience as as compared to philadelphia world's greatest arena they say right just had uh i think it's been renovated within like probably the last five years so it's it's got to be looking good um but yeah, glad, glad you had a good time. Loyal to your boy Church. It's not the first time you saw him, but that's good stuff. And uh, better better than going up there, like you said, to to see the Flyers get beat down or anything of that nature. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess we'll, you, we, yeah, yeah, we just got to uh, we got to recap the weekend first. I got to quickly uh, shout out my family, uh, my girlfriend, uh, my boys, and their and their significant others. Uh, my birthday's not for another month, and I knew my girlfriend would try to surprise me uh, for my 30th this year, and she got me this past Saturday. Played a round of golf, uh, had my older brother in town, a couple buddies, uh, listeners of the show, and you know they they bit their tongue all day and rolled back home and opened the door, and you get the big surprise. So just a big shout out to everyone. I know uh, you know folks are busy. We got home buyers, we got first time parents. A uh, lot, lot of stuff happening, so thanks to everybody for for coming out uh, and making your boy feel loved. So for a day. Uh, keep in mind, I'll just assume my invitation was lost in the mail. But anyway, the <laughs> the best part about G's surprise. So first of all, I had no clue it was a surprise party for you when I saw the Instagram post. I assumed it was like a surprise party for Luke, you know, your nephew. I'm like, wow, I guess I I didn't know he was 
he was born in in May. And then and then I was talking to you and I come to find out it's a surprise party for you. And I said, gee, <laughs> were you surprised? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was like, I, I'd be surprised, too, if it was just a totally different month. I know but, fantastic uh you know you listen you got to surprise the g you know what i mean yeah great work out, out, out of the girlfriend and the parents uh my brother and sister-in-law and the niece and the nephew making the truck up uh it's not a glorious ride up 95 or, or however they come so now what was your significant other you know was was her father able to to join the the surprise party yeah the the the, the uh the family was there her family was there parents brother sister and and their significant others so all good i'm surprised he didn't put that guy back to work i mean it's just <laughs> shocking to me you know he's celebrating retirement parties he's celebrating surprise parties we're here in a tough market my man g is uh you know cracking a couple cold ones with uh his significant other's old man when the guy should be pounding the pavement knocking on doors for you I don't even know what to say to that. Like, so the inside you you want to fill the fill the people in? I mean, not really. All right. All right. little, we're we're getting a little little personal here. But we're going on the we're moving on to bombs bone to pick of the week. All right, all right. So 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 basically, uh, my girlfriend's father is my realtor. Uh, he just retired from I want to say somewhere from thirty five to to forty years as a Philadelphia police officer. Um, so big shout out to him, obviously, uh, a, a super noble and admirable, uh, job and, and, and raising the family that he did. So really appreciate his service. Um, but yeah, he, he does real estate on the side. Now that's his thing. Uh, he's, he's working for me. He's showing me properties, sending me properties. Uh, but this market is a complete joke and I didn't work my entire life to, to blow my life savings on, on a cardboard box where when you walk inside, there's no central air and you feel like it's 1965 and, and the house should come with uh, a pack of cigarettes and a lighter for you. So uh, just just a little insight there. But uh, yeah, that'll take us over to Bomb's Bone to Pick of the Week right off the top here. And always got to remind everybody that Bomb's Bone to Pick of the Week is brought to you by our other sponsors at Shamrock Sun. And Memorial Day is upon us. Hopefully everybody that can is getting down the shore this weekend. And you can't get down there without a bottle of Shamrock Sun, uh, the 50 SPF sunscreen. You need it. You got to protect your skin. Uh, it's summertime. It's beach time. It's just time to spend the rest of the uh, the next few months outside. So get yourself a bottle of Shamrock Sun. They're on Amazon. They're at shamrocksun.com. Check them out. Follow them on Instagram. And, uh, yeah, get yourself greased up and protected for the summer. But here's Bombs Bone to pick of the week. Thanks, G. Didn't mean to get all personal there for you, but uh, I figured it'd be a great segue. Uh, no, I agree. I agree. G, G is battling this this market. Hopefully it turns. Hopefully it turns. I am also battling this market. I got all, you know, I'm like G, you know, I, I, I don't know that I have the reorder that G has, but, you know, you get the daily dumps, the emails that come in, you know, new alert, new house on the on the market. So I, I saw this presumably very nice house. In Hilltown Township, still in Chalfont, um, the Penridge School District, not Central Bucks, not Central Bucks, but uh, big house. Looks like it was built sometime in the 90s and uh, about 3,700 square feet right off Limekiln Pike in Chalfont. Again, Hilltown Township. And 
The first line of the listing on Zillow reads, Excellent opportunity in Hilltown, Bucks County, PA. Large colonial set on 1.7 acres, centrally located. This newer construction, 2003 home, offers four bedrooms, a primary bedroom plus three standard, on the upper flow, in addition to a two-bedroom in-law suite in the finished basement. Bedrooms in the upper level, blah, blah, blah. It goes on and on and on, lathering up the premium house, the premium location, a unique open layout, and the perfect place to call home. Well, let's just dig into the financials here. The Zestimate, which we know are overinflated, 883100 But it's listed for $699. I haven't seen a lot of this, G. You know, it's been a seller's market. There's been a lot of houses that are listed at or near the Zestimate. We know it's inflated. We know it's BS. We're looking at a monthly payment here with <laughs> a mere 20% down. This house could be yours for $4,035 per month. That's with $140,000 down. What the listing fails to tell you. What is was the list price? $699. Six ninety nine, and the, and the estimate was eight eighty something. Eight eighty. Okay. And Bomb puts his little investigator. Hang on a sec. And by the way, both of those numbers are astronomical. Bomb is not in the market for homes at that at those prices. Let's just get that out on the table. But I'm trying to understand the dynamics of a local market, and what was not written in that specific listing on Zillow or the estimate or perfect location is the fact that it appears through Bomb's recon. There was some unpermitted work done to the driveway. I believe the previous owner did not pull a permit, actually dug a shallow grave at the end of the driveway in an attempt to then bury their husband, the previous owner of Penis Pizza, until the police showed up. So I'm presuming the gray matter has been scrubbed off the wall out of that beautiful bedroom they just you know, wrote up on the, on the Zillow. But I mean, on, on what planet? Can you list a house that was built in 2003, seemingly no updates, that just housed a body for like four weeks after a murder five for you know the week before, and listed for six ninety nine? Am I crazy, Jay? No, it's ridiculous. I I I, I was going to chime in, but I wanted you to to, to throw the punchline in there. But you know, you were digging into the the financials and doing the investigation when. What, three, four weeks ago, somebody was digging up a grave in the driveway. <laughs> Dude, it is. I, I'm really tempted to call the realtor and ask if the work to the driveway was done with a permit. I mean, I it's it's times like this. You just re, I mean, you're you're in the market. I'm in the market. All you can do is just shake your head. Keep it moving. Yeah, we've talked about uh, potentially maybe starting like a like a content series where, where where we go out and show up to these open houses and these properties and and stick it to these realtors for these uh, in, insane listing prices. Yeah, if you if you guys are interested in watching Bomb and G, just take a road show and basically just rip these people to their face during an open house. And you know, maybe we could we could scrounge up some funds to get a, a videographer involved and just watch the boys go on a road show and just you know. Basically take down these people one by one on how outrageous their ask is. Yeah, we got to get us on True TV or something. But, but yeah, that was my bone to pick of the week. A house that witnessed a murder listed for six ninety nine. Yeah, and it's not like the murder was 
five years ago or 20 years ago. It was, uh, it was the other day. Yeah. You know, two weeks ago, I, I, I would hope it would come with like a pizza oven. At least I didn't even see the uni pizza oven. You know what I mean? You know, the uni pizza oven out in the, the patio. I didn't, <laughs> dude, no talk about, uh, a uh, 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 buyer's credit for an uni pizza oven, you know, six ninety nine. Could send the maniac over there too. He was, he was on the case on his show and, you know, he, he knows all about it, but uh, we got to give him a shout out too quickly on his new yeah, gig. Shout him out. New gig. I, I forget what the title is. Social media producer or some sort of media producer. Ever his at, title was just the maniac. <laughs> and he's the maniac. But uh, over at Parks, Bet Parks, uh, he's going full time with them now. Good friend of the program. So congrats to the maniac. Look forward to seeing him just chop it up uh, on every platform going forward. But. Yeah, I mean that was that was the weekend uh, round of golf, and then the surprise party Saturday, and then we both played a round of golf Sunday in uh, the spring breakfast tournament at Lulu Country Club, and uh, it's a great time, you know, breakfast before, lunch after, 8 a.m. shotgun, and uh, everybody was playing from the red tees, the the red or the silver tees, which at Lulu are the the women's or the senior tees. Uh, so of course I saved, uh, you know, the, the round of my life for, for playing from all the way up and, and fired off a 79 and my team, uh, my team finished in fourth. I think bomb you you guys finished in second. So, so you had yourself a day as well. I think it was third. Uh, you were third. Okay. But two two strokes above the record setting G at 79. That's right. But no, it was a good time. Uh, good round. Felt good. I was hoping that the the score didn't have to go in the gin uh, to count towards the handicap, but our boy Dennis, who who runs the show over at Lulu, he said they're going in. I said you're killing me, Dennis. I mean, let's be clear. You weren't hoping they weren't going in. You were begging. You were begging that they weren't going in. I mean, I, we, we I think we played in this last year and they didn't go in, and this year they went in. I don't know what changed. You know, they got a, they got a new rules and, and tournament committee over there now. That's got it, keeping a close eye on everything. So it is what it is. The cap is still trash. Uh, so it's all good. <laughs> you came down real quick, didn't you? I, I, I do got to say, though, like you play in these events, and, and I don't know if anybody out there listening, you know, if they play in events, uh, you know, such as the Workhorse Tour that we've, we've had on previously or at their country club. Uh, but the amount of people w- with inaccurate handicaps in these events is just totally unbelievable. Um, and I- I've played in a number of these events. They're handicapped. I'm usually like the C player on a team of four. And I- I'm not even trying to toot my own horn here or-, or anything like that. But I end up being the first or second best player on the team as the C guy. Like, do people not know how to keep score? Do they have too much pride, uh, you know, to actually put in their real scores? I don't know what the deal is, but everybody's a nine or a 10. And then they see me hit a couple shots and they're like, what's your handicap? Oh, I'm a 17. Are you serious? What do you mean? Am I serious? Yeah. I take like one ten every round and I always put it in. <laughs> like what's so hard to believe about that? Well, you know what it is. I think people pick up putts that are not gimmies. I don't think they quite know how to play balls that are lost or balls that are 
into white stakes or red stakes or what have you. I, I think there's a lot of Fugazi handicaps. You're absolutely right. I mean, it's one thing to be a sandbagger, but then the opposite is a killer. I mean, I played with a guy. He, he was on death's doorstep. I think he was getting 24 strokes. He should have been getting 50. And you just can't help but like think to yourself, what goes on on like these leisurely rounds? Now, like I, I'm like you. I'm around the same handicap. I think I'm at like a 15-6 right now. I, I, I actually tend to play better in some of these events because the conditions and the environment are similar to like our matches where, you know, we're not giving each other anything, right? You got to put it out if it's, you know, unless it's a kick-in. Um, we're we're always like a stickler for the rules. I mean, you're not granting relief off of a man-made object. We're still going so, there. What's that? Said so we're still going there. We're going well, back. Just saying that no, the, I know. The conditions are such that we're primed for these events. And the issue is you come out and you play maybe a little bit better than your cap, and you look around to the guys above you and next to you, what whatever it is, and you're like, What's going on here, guys? Like, what 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 is happening? I mean, yeah. uh, so I, I agree with you. I mean, it's one thing to it's one thing to sandbag. I don't think anybody likes that, but the opposite is such a killer in these events. Because these guys don't keep an accurate handicap. The other thing I'll say, and I don't know if you have an opinion on this. Golf's a lot easier to play sober. <laughs> like normally uh, my back nine, I mean, my back nine fell apart on Sunday, on Sunday but normally it, it falls apart with the aid of a couple pops. And uh, yeah, I figure, you know. That probably also keeps the handicap, you know, a little bit higher than it would be if you play every round, you know, at 10 a.m. after a full breakfast. But it is what it is. But I totally agree with you. Yeah, it's such a killer to have somebody on your team that's like a low, a low cap and they're they're not playing to that at all. Um, you know, you, you got a guy that's your a guy and, and doesn't hit a fairway the entire day. It's it's unbelievable. And you, you think about like, what are these guys doing during their, their normal weekend rounds? They're not playing for cash. You know, every 10 footers good. I mean, what the hell's going on? Um, in terms of the booze. Yeah. I, I understand. It's like fun to get out there with the boys and ha and have a day and everything, but I just play worse. And like, believe it or not, I get more angry when I'm drinking out there because why I is just, that unbelievable? <laughs> I, I don't know. You, you think when you booze, you, you have fun and you're, you're relaxed and stuff, but I lose my coordination. I play like shit. Um, you know, usually you get the first tee jitters. Some days you feel a little more, you know, fired up to get out there and stuff. So maybe I'll have one at the, on the first hole or something, but I'm a one drink per nine guy just to keep it cool, keep it laid back. But anything more than that, I start to fall apart like you. And it's not, it's not cause we don't like to have fun. It's just, I'll, I'll slam them after the round, but just not during because the game goes to shit. You get angry and it's it's a waste of your car fee and, and a match with bomb. You're sending bomb cash and <laughs> nothing good comes out of it. Um, I don't know if you had anything else on, on you know, the breakfast tournament or, or our games, but I just wanted to talk about the PGA championship a little bit. Well, yeah, one, one more thing. I mean, you're a think about this right you're what you said what you're 16 yep with a 79 on your card and granted it's 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 from the reds i recognize that but like you've had an 80 from the whites right that was combos brother it was combos 
So he's at an 80 from the combos at Lulu. I've shot like an 82 at Tobacco Road. Um, you know, there there are days where we can put it together, right? They, now, they're few and far between. Don't get me wrong. But there are elements you can build on. And you can see that there's something there. Yeah, every, every shot's not perfect. Yeah, sometimes your your swing gets out of whack. But you can see the building blocks for potentially being a little bit of a better player. These guys who are 8s, 9s, 10s, and you look at what they're working with, and particularly like mid-range putts, I mean, I look at it and I go, there's just no way. There's, there's just no way that their handicap is their handicap. And there's no room for improvement because their game isn't actually what, what they say it is. So they think they're fine, you know? Yep. Just makes no sense. I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe we're the weirdos that, that actually keep score and play by the rules. I, I don't know. But, um, yeah, PGA Championship this weekend. Uh, Justin Thomas, second major, second PGA Championship win, I believe. Uh, at Southern Hills in Tulsa. Uh, looked like a tough track out there. I mean, I spent uh, a lot of time Thursday and Friday uh, watching the Rom, Scheffler, and Morikawa grouping play through that 18, and that's the top three players in the world, and those guys were just grinding. Like, it was it was tiring to watch. I obviously uh, shared the Morikawa pick on the pod last week, shared it on the Instagram, totally went to shit. He made the cut, but I think he finished eight over, never, never stood a chance. Um just no putts to be had for him out there, but uh, interesting tournament. You know, everybody after Thursday, Rory McIlroy got out to the lead. Everybody's talking about how, you know, nine times out of ten uh, at this course, the the first round leader or the second round leader goes on to win 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 the uh, the tournament. And we had three different leaders each day. You had Rory after or after Thursday, I believe it was Zalatoris Friday, and then Mito Pereira after Saturday. Uh, and none of those guys held up. I mean, Pereira had a chance going into 18, just needed a par. He hit it in the drink, tough hole. Um, Zaltor stuck around and ultimately ultimately made the playoff uh, and just got outplayed by Zaltoris, but or not by Zaltoris, by Thomas. Um, but the other thing I thought was pretty interesting, and I really didn't tune in a ton Sunday. We had golf, um, had some other things going on, but I did I did tune into the playoff. But you look at the leaderboard at the end of the tournament, it's minus five. These guys play three playoff holes. Thomas makes two birdies, I believe, and, and Zal Torres makes one. I mean, these got the, the best guys. They were five under for through four days, through three playoff holes. It's it's two and one. I mean, it was crazy. Um, but yeah, it looked like an insane track. There was holes out there with trees just in the middle of the fairway. Uh, I don't know if you had any thoughts, Bomb, but good tournament, good win for JT. Uh, and I, I like seeing him win. I think he's thinks he's a cool cat, and uh, his game's unreal. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't have much else to add. Uh, I will say I'm not the biggest Justin Thomas fan at the moment. I mean, he recently came out with uh, his own sunscreen line. Um, so. Wow. Fuck Thomas, then. <laughs> it's not cool, man. No, no, no. And in fact, I did a price analysis on behalf of Shamrock Sun. It's, it's, I mean, if he gave you the amount of sunscreen Shamrock Sun gives you, the price would be uh, like 180 bucks for his bottle. He's got little tiny tubes. I mean, he's a little tiny guy. 
So, no, in all seriousness, he's, you know, heck of a golfer. I know he had a skin cancer scare a few years ago. So, cool to see him bringing some awareness to it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm heck of a playoff, heck of a day. For him to come back from, from that many strokes down was pretty impressive. Also, every time I watch him play, I'm just amazed at – you know the amount of power he can generate just just based off of his frame and how little he is and you look at how you know he swings and with that driver there's the feet are basically off the ground at, at con i mean it's just amazing so I, I always i always have a good time watching jt you see it was al torres too he's a tiny guy that can pound it and then yep. you, you talk about the feed and scheffler but i think it was the first playoff hole was a par five and thomas's drive was a little off track uh, and, and Zalatoris was home in two, uh, but but JT laid up, and I think he had around somewhere around 60 or 80 yards uh, for his third shot. And I'm sitting, uh, you know, at, at another party on Sunday, and I'm I'm sitting with this guy, and I, I said I said he's gonna put it within 10 feet, and and sure as shit, this guy just puts it within 10 feet, makes the putt. Zalatoris two putts, no blood on the next one. The the wedge game is uh is just insane out of thomas it's g-like i mean that's what you do yeah miss the fairway punch it out throw a wedge up there one putt that's that's the name of the game except I'm, mine's usually for par or bogey and he rolls this, a spider doesn't he i don't think he does no i don't know what he's rolling but the other thing i wanted to mention um and I don't know what, what you thought leading up to the PGA, but I, I didn't feel the, uh, the the stroke fest as hard this week for Tiger Woods. Well, yeah, because it wasn't like Augusta and the green jacket and all the other hoopla, which is all great, but it's like built to just rile up the Tiger honks, um, the Tiger twisters, I guess we could call them. Um, yeah, and plus... I mean, the guy, the guy's washed. I mean, he's pairing with John Daly. I mean, I mean, he made the cut and he and he could barely fucking walk. So yeah, like, he withdrew. Yeah, but if he gets right, I mean, he can, he can probably still play, man. Like, he, he made both cuts at the Masters and at the PGA, and and he's doing it on on one leg. But why don't you step back and and really get right before you start playing? I, I don't know, but the one the one thing, and this is maybe my mini bone to pick of the week. Um, my older brother was in town Friday afternoon, Friday evening. We're, we're having a couple pops watching the PGA and Tiger's flirting around the cut line. He's on the back nine. He's got a putt. I don't know if it's for birdie or for par, but it's, it's whatever happens, you know, he, he's got to make it to make the cut with, you know, minimal holes left in, in his Friday round. And I believe ESPN had the broadcast on Thursday and Friday. And the shot that they give you for this putt for Tiger. Now, this is like the putt of the week for Tiger Woods. This is like to make the cut, ultimately. They got the camera lined up behind some dickhead in the crowd who's holding his phone over his head in the rectangular shape. And they're they're putting the TV camera through the guy's phone camera. So I'm watching Tiger Woods putt through somebody's phone at the PGA Championship on ESPN. Uh, so that's my bone to pick of the week. Complete joke with all the technology, all the cameras, all the mics, all the people and coverage they got out there. And I'm watching Tiger Woods putt of the week through some dickhead's fucking phone on ESPN. Just a complete joke. Well, it's, it's 
there's a bigger thing. I mean, you're spot on. It's it's an outrage. That that's a joke. That is whoever's producing for ESPN ought to be fired on the spot for that shot. But there was some there was a uh, a picture going around. I guess it was from Friday or when it, you know Woods last round of him hit him hitting a shot and everybody around him holding their phone up. And one older guy literally just standing there with his arms crossed, no phone, and a, and a Mick Ultra in his hand. Did you see that? That was you, Bob. Well, yeah. Well, I don't know if it was me, but you know, yeah, know, there there was a you know it was like kind of a mood, right? Everyone around you is slamming their phone at. They gotta get it up on Snapchat and Instagram and Facebook and all that crap. But um, I mean, I saw a ton of it at the concert on Friday. It's like the minute the guy comes over to your side of the stage. It's like we're we're drawing our pistol in the wild west. Boom, bang. The the camera phone is out, the smartphone's out. Everyone in front of you has got their hands up and they're, you know, filming their videos. If it's a song you like and you want to record it or you want to record a portion of it, like by all means go right ahead. But it's so much more enjoyable to just leave it in your pocket and just watch somebody perform, like watch somebody play a song or watch a golfer hit a shot because what you end up doing is just watching the show through the lens of your phone. No different than what ESPN had you doing on Friday. You, you might as you might as well stayed home from, from the concert and just gone on Instagram or TikTok and done hashtag Eric church. And you could have watched the whole goddamn concert for free. Yep. You know, you know what I mean? Um, no, I, I totally agree. Like I find myself, at, at, at the concerts or the sporting events that I go to few and far between with everything that's gone on in the last few years. And, and you want to, you want to get a picture or a video of, of a song you like, or, you know, a nice view with the game or whatever. But after that, you got to put it away. You got, you got to enjoy it for what it is. You're not going to rep, remember, uh, you know, watching Tiger Woods hit a shot with your phone in front of your face. You, you'd remember I'm flushing one. If it was in your pocket and you watch the ball fly up in the air, like what are we doing? Plus, like, how many times are you – so let's say you take a video. I always want to ask people, especially the people who have the camera or the phone out the entire time, like, do you actually go back, like, a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, and, like, relive these moments on your cell phone? Because I don't. I mean, I mean, maybe, no. maybe, maybe you watch it, like, uh, you know, later that weekend and you look at, like, whatever film or footage you took, but, like – I don't find myself like going back through my camera roll and being like, oh, my God, I just saw Tiger hit this shot in 1997. Click, you know, watch the watch the video. It makes no sense. That's a good point, too, that I wanted to bring up. Like at a concert, it's not just one song or, or one verse. It's every song. It's the whole night and the flashlights on. And these people at, at the PGA are probably it's probably every shot, every step Tiger takes. Like going back to the rant about the masters, like, oh, Tiger Woods just bent down to tie his shoe. I got a picture of it. Dude, I you know, I was just thinking the concert on Friday, right? So so they're finishing up uh before the encore. And Eric Church comes off the stage and he's kind of walking around the stage. Like the stage is elevated, right? He's kind of walking around the stage. There's a video guy following him. I'm assuming they're filming something for like YouTube or whatever. And he just starts like talking to the crowd and he's, you know, it was kind of like an interesting moment where he was like kind of just reflecting on because this was they, they started this tour after COVID. Right. And they just weren't even sure the tour was going to even they're one of the first first bands to go on tour post COVID. So anyway, 
the tour ends in New York, which was like kind of the epicenter of like where COVID started in the U.S. and like all the the, the fear that was going on, blah, blah, blah. So it, it just like was so funny to me, the juxtaposition of the message that this guy had coupled with everybody right next to him with a fucking phone right in his face. So he's standing there talking about how great it is. Like he never thought they'd get to this moment where he'd be standing in New York gathering with people, having a beer with people, listening to music. He's like, this is what, you know, we're meant to do as people. And like after two and a half years of sitting on your phone in the midst of a pandemic, people still couldn't get the memo. Put your fucking phone away. It's just a it's it's a modern day problem. And I'm not going to say I don't I don't fall into the trap. I, I look at my screen time some days and I feel disgusted. And, and then other days I make it a point. You got you got to put it away. You got to live the life that's in front of you. Not not in your hand, you know. That's right, Jay. Well, that was but, a great mini bone. That's a that was a phenomenal one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't believe that. My, my brother was cracking up when I was I was screaming at the TV a couple pops in. Doesn't sound like you. I mean, what, what the fuck is going on? I'm watching it th- through somebody's phone. It's the PGA Championship. Um, enough on that. We had the Eagles. You know, we talked about the draft, the post draft. And we said we'd check in on the Eagles if how we had any more tricks up his sleeve before uh, training camp. And sure as shit, he did. The rumors came to fruition, and James Bradbury, formerly of the New York Giants, signed a one-year $10 million deal with our Philadelphia Eagles to play cornerback opposite of Darius Slay. Uh, I don't know a ton about the guy. I heard he had a great 2020. I heard he had a less-than-great 2021. Bomb, you're the Howie guy. Uh, you're our Eagles season ticket holder. I mean, what do you make of the move? Low risk. I mean, the Giants had to cut them because of the cap issues. The Eagles get them on a one-year, $10 million deal. Seems like it's kind of what they did with Nelson, right? You know, kind of that one-year stopgap type of deal. I think they probably go draft next year um, and try to get a corner. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's a great move. I I don't know a lot about the guy. I think a lot of these stats – you know, it's funny. I heard somebody say, yeah, they they got a pro bowler. Like – does that mean anything these days? I don't think so. We we got a pro, two pro ball corners, so I, I don't I don't buy into all that crap. This guy could still be a total bum, a total bust, but an upgrade over what they had. Uh, you take him from a division rival, uh, so all 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 good things. Uh, I, have, I have nothing bad to say about the the signing. I think hopefully it takes a little bit of stress off the issues they're probably going to have at safety. Right, yeah, everybody's talking now about how it's going to be Epps. Uh, you know, no no further moves at safety. But no, I agree, it's, it's, it's low risk. Um, but it's funny because we talk in season about Darius Slay and all the all the keyboard warriors on Twitter have every staff for, for Slay and how he's a lead and, and all this stuff. But we, you watch him get burned week in and week out. And that, that's part of playing corner. And, you know, we like to get on guys during football season. But I don't know, it's... It, it just, it, it, you know how this makes me feel a little bit now with, with the draft was a home run. Uh, obviously, A.J. Brown. Don't say it. I, I, I got to say it. Like, <laughs> the vibes, the vibes in May. Three, V.Y., three, baby! Three, four months before an Eagles season. It just feels like another case of the dream team. 
That's not to say it's going to fall completely flat, but the last... I'm glad somebody said it. It really feels exactly the same. The last time we had it all on paper, it totally turned into fucking toilet paper, and we wiped our ass that season, so... That's that's just how it feels, but you can't you can't you can't argue or dispute any of the moves or or not be happy. But it's just it's just got that vibe, you know. They're at mini camp and everybody's vibing and hugging each other and taking picks and Devontae Smith and Darius Slayer running routes against each other again. So it's just it's all good, but it's got to come together in September. And and the Namdi. last time, yeah, Namdi. Oh my gosh, it's just you know whenever Ronnie Brown in the backfield, right? Yeah, it's just like whenever we have something, whenever we think we have something in this city, we don't. Well, in the same vein, that little pencil-necked punk, Dan Orlovsky, the minute Schefter drops the news saying that, you know, the Eagles sign James Bradbury, he quote tweets it and just puts team to beat in NFC East. Hey, Dan, where was this last year, buddy? Where was your message about the Eagles last year? Oh, that's right. His message was, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to regret this trade, getting rid of Carson Wentz. The guy's a total fraud, bum, loser. I want to know where he is now that Nick Foles just just signed a two-year deal with the Colts. They, <laughs> Frank Frank Reich had to bring in Nick Foles to, to mop up another Wentz mess. So I, I want to know where Dan stands on that because according to Dan last year, Carson Wentz was his, his MVP preseason uh, the Colts were the only team that could beat the Chiefs in the AFC heading into the playoffs. Um, so what a clown, dude! What so, a clown, Dan. I mean, the the invite is here. I, I think he's a Seattle guy. You know, Memorial Day's coming. We're going to be getting down the shore, so may, maybe we'll we'll run into him. We'll and we'll ask him the question. I mean, what's going on with your boy, your boy Deuce, or your boy Eleven? Yeah, and and all the 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 the, the, the Dano stuff, you know, me calling him a pencil neck and a bum and a hack, you know, quarterback. It's all in jest. The the only reason I don't like this guy is because of his opinion on Carson Wentz. I have nothing personal against Orlovsky. Seems like a good dude, like a guy you could have a beer with. So figured I get that on the record. Um, but you're right. I mean, do do we have to put a, a futures bet on? Indianapolis to win their conference and possibly win a Super Bowl. I mean, they'd only need what Nick Foles for maybe five, six games starting in December. Yeah, I mean, even if it's not Foles, I just you know last year no other team in the NFL did more to improve their quarterback room than the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, five win increase. Could we be looking at something similar in Indianapolis? I mean, I I felt they had a good team last year. I don't think much has changed. Uh, I mean, obviously, aside from the quarterback position, um, I felt they were good last year. So I I think they'll be built to win this year. And they get they they improved the QB. Might be worth a flyer. I don't know what the odds are, but we'll dial up some NFL futures. Uh, you know, towards the end of the summer as we're looking forward to to football season. But anything else uh, in the NFL or with the birds right now? Yeah, just as a funny aside, we talked about Wentz, my bone to pick of the week last week of him playing golf, playing with his tractor, not prepared. Um, I I shared from the TFTS Instagram his story of him playing golf and wrote, you know, basically a caption that said, you know, typical, typical Wentz needing his backup QB 
to come in and bail him out time after time and then tagged Foles and uh, Taylor Heineke. And uh, lo and behold, Taylor Heineke viewed the story, folks. We have uh, a confirmation. He uh, clicked on it. He viewed it. So call it what you want. Bomb poison in the well in the Washington locker room. I'm out there on the front lines helping this Eagles franchise, preaching the gospel that is Wentz is a bum, a loser, uh, and a cancer in the locker room. So you're welcome to everybody. And you're welcome to Taylor Heineke, too, because at least the guy's been warned at this point. We, we warned him. You warned yeah, him. Stay ready. Stay, stay, stay ready. The, the bomb's going to go off in the locker room, Taylor. So, so now, you, now you know why. You'll be, you'll yeah, be just fully stay, prepared. All he's got to do is, like, you know, bring in, like, donuts for the big guys up front every, every Thursday or Friday. You know, stay friendly with the guys on defense. You know, especially the big guys on, like, the D-line. Like, if you're the backup quarterback and you're the backup to Carson Wentz, what you do is you just become friends with the, guy on, the guys on the D-line. And like when he has a horrific fumble in the red zone, in his own red zone, you know, the guys in the deal line will be like, well, why, why aren't we putting Heineke in? At least he protects the football. You know what I mean? Like that's, <laughs> you, you just got to be friends with those kind of, the, the guys up front on both sides, buy the O-linemen some donuts on Friday or Thursday, you know, get, get the D-linemen some, some donuts too. And just, you know, be a nice guy to those guys. Tell them you protect the football. Just show up and be a guy. And, and that's it. And they'll want you more than than than. Don't buy him a Yeti and a shotgun. This oh, I'm getting. I got the guys up front a Yeti from Deuce. <laughs> he is so fake, dude. <laughs> oh man! All right, we let's let's keep it rolling here. Uh, we got to go NHL playoffs. I mean, the action's getting good. Uh, we'll start in the East. Uh, Carolina up two one on the Rangers. Uh, we're recording here Tuesday evening before game four at MSG. Um, Carolina took the first two at home. Rangers dominated game one, first two periods. Uh, the third period, Carolina came hard. They tied up, and then they win in overtime on a goal that goes off of a Rangers defender. Uh, and then they, they kind of took it to the Rangers in game two. And then I didn't see game three. I saw the box score, and and one of our, uh, our good buddies, uh, Ranger Rob, He's a, a diehard Ranger fan. Sounded like Shesterkin stole game three at the Garden. Uh, so game four tonight, uh, I gave the pick out last week, gave it out on Instagram. Carolina in five, they're up 2-1. We need a win tonight. We need a win uh, when they get back to Raleigh in game five. I think it's got a shot. I, I, I checked the odds you know, for the series price today, and uh, 4-1 Carolina is still the favorite. So, uh, you know, let's, let's, let's cheer in the Canes. And... If they get through, they'll be taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning, the back-to-back defending cup champs. They got the brooms out last night on the Florida Panthers and our old pal Claude Giroux. Um, and I, I'm just going on here, so, so Bob, I'll throw it over to you. What are your thoughts on, on the Panthers and Giroux getting knocked in the second round? Woo, that was... Uh... That was a shellacking. Now, the Panthers did outshoot, you know, the Lightning by about, you know, 20, 25 shots last night in game four. But you're down 3 nothing. I mean, 
they showed a little bit of fight, but that, dude, that was a bad. That was as bad a series as you can as you can draw up if you're Florida going out and making the moves that they made at the deadline. Uh, Barry Melrose said the guys just didn't gel. That's what he said. I don't know if that's true, but there was a uh, a rumor, I guess, that came out. G. Yeah, they 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 tried to gel after falling in a three zero hole. They they. For some for some reason in the playoffs they they had to play a back to back game three Sunday game four Monday, uh, they fell Sunday and proceeded to to go out in Tampa and enjoy uh, some of the finest gentlemen's clubs uh, in the country down there in Tampa. Not that I would know from experience, um, but yeah, they tried to do a little team bonding, and ultimately it it didn't come together for them and, and they got swept, but. I mean, we talked about the Giroux trade when it happened. Uh, I said, I don't think Florida gets it done. I don't think they get over the hump. You were asking, why doesn't he go to Colorado? Uh, you know, I see a contingent of the fan base or, or flyers, you know, talking heads on Twitter now that are questioning the decision and, and all this and that, which I don't really understand. It's not. Wait, wait, questioning what decision? Like Giroux's decision to go to Florida. We're questioning that now? Yeah, they're questioning it now, of course. We were questioning that when it occurred. Yeah. He wanted to go there because it was easier on his travel, and he didn't want to get up the speed planet at altitude in a different time zone away from his family, and he wanted to save money on the tax. That's what he did. It wasn't about winning for Claude Giroux. Yeah, I, I honestly I don't even know. Like, but, but it doesn't matter to me. Like, They needed to trade him. They did. They got an underwhelming package. I don't think they would have got much more from anybody else because of the position they true. were in. You don't that's, think? That's bullshit. This is where you got to take off the G bias and ask yourself, like, had this guy said, go out and get go out and get the best offers and I'll val- I'll evaluate where I want to go after the offers are are in and it's and it's pencils down. It could have been a more collaborative approach. Instead, this guy just shut the door on anything but Florida. Yeah, now that you put it that way, you might be right. But, like, I don't know. I just I just don't really, like, care that much. And these people are like, well, why did he go to Florida? It's like, why do we even care at this point? Um, a good friend of mine texted me this morning after the L uh, last night and said, Giroux made a career off one playoff shift. Flyers Honks will tell you how much heart and grit he had. Get the fuck out of here. That's this this person's take. And it's true. It's a fair take. The guy had one shift against the Penguins. And then they'll tell you, you know what else they'll tell you? The shootout goal to get to the playoffs. Game 82, man. Come on, man. No, nah, I'm just, I'm just like kind of over it. Like I was watching, and I honestly, dude, I picked the Lightning. You know, we we gave our picks on Instagram before the playoffs started. I picked Tampa Bay to three Pete. I want to see my pick win, so I wasn't even rooting for G. Like I'm just watching the game as a hockey fan. You were anti G. I, I guess so. Um, but I, I'm just not surprised. Like I look, at, I look at Florida. They haven't had the success in the playoffs. You look at like their big guns. Everybody's always stro- stroking off Barkov and Huberto, and those guys put up numbers in the regular season, but they play pond hockey, and that shit doesn't win in the playoffs. So uh, not shocked at all that, that they got dismantled by Tampa Bay. 
who was without one of their best players in Braden Point, didn't play a fucking game in the series. They played 7-D and 11 forwards all series uh, and gave up three goals in four games to the Florida Panthers, who led the league in scoring, averaging over four goals a game in the regular season. It's insane. Yeah, I don't, I don't have much to add to that series, but yeah. Uh, I, Drew, we can officially, I mean, career loser. Yeah, I, I don't want to hear anybody this summer. Can we bring him back on a discounted deal? Like it's oh, you don't you don't we think gotta, that's actually gonna happen, do you? No, no, I don't think it's gonna happen. But you know, the people are out there. But we got to turn the page. Uh, it's it's an ugly page, um, and it's probably more than one page. It's gonna take a while for for the Flyers to get back on track. Keep flipping. But yeah, just keep flipping. Uh, I believe they interviewed John Tortorella uh, this week for the head coaching vacancy. Uh, we, I talked about Barry Trotz the other week. I believe they met with him last Friday, and they're going to interview him as well. Um, a lot of anti-Torts people out there, and not not to go down the entire rabbit hole, but like that's the exact kind of guy we need. Like We need a guy that's going to rip people in illness because that we can't even break a puck out of our own zone. Like That's exactly who we need, yep. and I'm here You're for a total it. total hard-ass and a disciplinarian. And people say, like, oh, oh, they, guys don't like to play for Torts. Like... Give a plug to Chicklets, like spitting Chicklets. They bring guys on. They ask ask them about Torts, the guys that play the for Torts, and everybody knows he's a lunatic. But the guys love playing for him, so I I I, w- I would totally embrace bringing Torts into this city. Um, yeah, and then out west, uh, I think Colorado went up three one on the Blues last night. The Blues have battled a little bit. Um, Bennington got knocked out, but ultimately too much firepower from the Avs, uh, and then. Connor McDavid and the Oilers. Wait, 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 wait. We're just moving on from the Bennington thing? I mean, the guy got slammed. He's out for the series. Kadri's doing an interview, and Bennington throws a water bottle at him. Yeah, it happened. I, I didn't know if you saw it. You know, I, I don't know where Bomb's at. It, it, those games haven't been too late after dark. I thought you were more plugged into Edmonton, Calgary. I'm pl- Bomb's plugged in all of it. This is... All right. This is a playoff bomb. Anyway, we can move on now to, to Calgary. Uh, yeah, Connor McDavid just uh, put on an absolute show. Um, and in game three, you had the hat trick from Evander Kane. They picked him up at the deadline. And you think he had money on a prop bet for a Hattie? He probably talked to McDavid and Drysaddle before the game. It was like, or check, you know, check the line sheet. Who am I playing with tonight? And, and he saw that, and then he fired the bet in. He was out there with, you know, two of the best playmakers in the game. Puts up a hat trick, but I, I texted you. It's just hilarious how this shit writes itself do, doing the pod and everything. But we were on episode one. It was August. The Phillies stink again. They stunk last year. They stink again. Couldn't really talk much about them. We were gearing up for Eagles. And one of the, one of the stories going on in the sports world at the time was Vander Kane and his gambling stuff and the conflict with his girlfriend at the time. So we touched on that in the very first episode of this podcast. We 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 come here, what, nine months later? This guy's tucking in a hattie in game three of the second round in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's too funny. Yeah, they, they dude, they look good. They do look good. And that, that that's kind of, I don't know. I, I didn't think that they could get over the hump. Like, I feel like they're too top-heavy with McDavid and Drysaddle, but... They're playing good, and the the Flames are are a tough out. They they have depth. They have a good goalie. 
Uh, series isn't over. It's two one. We'll see what happens. Do you think uh, that do you think there's going to be retribution with uh, uh, Milan Lucic? Oh yeah, he truck sticked uh, Mike Smith, the Edmonton goalie. That was late, late in in game three. Uh, I didn't see anything about any disciplinary action. It didn't. I don't think it was like malicious, but everybody did the right thing. Where you got to jump the guy the minute your goalie falls over. But 100%. I think when you slow it down and you look at the replay, he was it looked like he kind of lost an edge and wasn't able to stop. Truck stick was a poor, uh, poor, poor word choice for that play. Yeah, he he was going in chasing a puck behind the net. The goalie came out and played it. Looked like he tried to slow down. By the way, did he? Did yeah, he looked like he did. Did you see what happened with the goaltender, Mike Smith? No. So he gets bowled over by Lucic, and they the the NHL spotter uh, stops play. The ref goes over and says, "Buddy, you got to come out. You got to be evaluated for a concussion." I didn't think he came out. Oh, he came out. He was arguing with the ref. Arguing with the ref said, I'm not leaving. I'm fine. And the ref said, you have to go. You you have to. So then he goes back. It's evaluated. comes back. So I was shocked. I've never seen a. I've never seen a guy in a playoff game argue about the protocol. Normally, the guys we have in our town, they just hand the helmet over. Here you go. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, you see some fight from these guys. Yeah, they want to be out there. I mean, maybe we would see it out of our hockey team, but they, they don't make the playoffs. So, like, in the regular season, they'll just tuck their tails, go to go see the spotter. Yep. Well, there, there's, no, there's no passion in the hockey being played in Philadelphia these days. No, and I think you, you really, dude, you hit on something that was so prophetic back during the regular season when you were talking about what needs to change down at the Wells Fargo, like dropping a nuke on that stadium and just getting rid of it. Like the game day production stinks, the music stinks, the, the announcement, the in-game experience stinks, all of it stinks, the goal song stinks. I mean, I hate to come back to it, like going to MSG and watching a concert there and seeing the experience, watching the Rangers play at home, hearing their goal song, looking at how fired up their people are. I know it's the playoffs, but it could not be more different than what goes on in Philadelphia. A hundred percent. I mean, I I text you today. I said, can we record this pod before the Rangers Carolina game? I mean, I got money on the series, but the one of the coolest parts about watching the Stanley Cup playoffs is the anthem and the guys are standing on the blue lines and the lights are dim and you get you get to zoom in on the players on the bench. They're rattling back and forth and somebody sings a great anthem and then the crowd goes wild. The towels are flying and, you know, you, you talked about the, the Rangers goal song and stuff like that. Like the pageantry of the NHL playoffs is is awesome. And you we're we're just so far we're just so far from that and not not because we can't make the playoffs but even when we do we just have a second rate production down at the Wells Fargo Center. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. You hit it on the head a few months ago and it's just you watch the, these playoffs and you watch like even the Calgary Edmonton series with Kaner knocking in a hat trick and looking at how fired up everybody is and Hats on the ice and everything the Flyers do. 
but actually both tenants in that building, everything that the, both of those franchises do is second class. Totally. Totally. But yeah, we should probably be close to the end of the second round by next week. Uh, we'll have a couple conference finals matchups to, to check out. Uh, but nothing else on the ice for me. Uh, I don't think I have anything else this week. I mean, do you want to talk about the Sixers? What is there? What is there to talk about? I mean, we're, we're the season ends, and we're already talking about trading Tyrese Maxey. Wait, 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 wait. Like this is what I'm hearing on the radio. Hang on man. a second here. I didn't. I've been so unplugged. The only thing I saw was an article from Marcus Hayes, where he ripped the process, basically saying that. The Sixers took over a decade to get to where they're at now. They still haven't made a conference final. All the Heat did was sign Jimmy Butler. They've been to two in three years. The The Sixers are no closer to a championship than they were when they had Evan Turner. So that was the last. I haven't heard this Tyrese Maxey story. You need to fill me in on this. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've been a little unplugged too, but I – just to, you know, talking to people and and then putting it on for a little bit. That that th- those are the conversations that are happening on sports radio right now. Is trading Tyrese Maxey to acquire another star? Three and a half weeks ago, he was the third star. He's the only guy on our team that can play and hasn't secured the bag yet. Like he's the only guy we have of any any value and, and that can actually play and and can get better than what he is right now. And we're talking about trading him. They they're talking about they should be talking about trading Embiid. Yeah, I mean if you ask me who would you trade today, I would say trade Embiid over Tyrese Maxey. This is why I can't listen to sports talk radio because these brain dead, two brain cell morons call in and start offering their thoughts on what the Sixers need to do to get Bradley Beal. Like, cut me a break. Yeah, yeah. I I don't I don't know what Bradley Beal is, but it just feels like he's another guy that stuffs the stat sheet on, on a team that doesn't even make the playoffs or doesn't get out of the first round ever. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's just interesting, and I know we talked about Embiid last week, but you know, just looking at at these guys that that put on in the in these big games. I mean, you look at what Luka Doncic is doing. Uh, you know, they're struggling against Golden State right now, but in the previous round, he's putting the team on his back against you know the the previous Western Conference champs. Um, and I don't think I don't think I said it on the pod last week, um, but even Giannis. In that uh, second round series against Boston, like I missed the game and I, I go to check the score and I see that the Bucks win and I don't even get to the box score. I just think to myself, yeah, Giannis probably had 40. You open up the box score, he had 40. And like I, I get that Embiid was injured and stuff. You know, I, I know I'm rehashing some shit here, but like, can you ever just open up the box score and expect to see like a 40 piece? from Joel in a playoff game? Not in my opinion. I, th- I think the overarching problem, and it can be said across all of our teams, and I, we've probably never gotten into this on the pod and we'll have to down the road, but I think the overarching problem in this city is that we overvalue all of our players, all of them. 
especially the ones that are the best on their respective team. Yeah, and they they overvalue past performance and undervalue future performance. Like the Maxi thing, you said it best. His best years are ahead of him, and we're talking about trading him. Makes no sense. Yeah. I, I just I just couldn't believe we're we're we were days removed. I don't even know if we were a full day removed from the the loss to the Heat, and and that's the stuff that I'm hearing flying around. Now they're now I'm seeing stuff flying around about Matisse is on the table, and he's a uh, NBA second team defender. I didn't see any of that defense, uh, you know, in crunch time at all in, in rounds one or two. So. I got nothing. I'm I'm leaving I got a trade. I got a trade for you. Okay. I just put it in the ESPN NBA trade machine. It looks like it was successful. Um I'm trading Tobias Harris and Danny Green for Russell Westbrook. Wow. I mean, I don't think that solves anything. Well, it's <laughs> It will give processors the ability to talk about another superstar that's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they'll, they'll be in there all summer dialing up to the mock trades. Crunching the cap. Yeah, it's drafting and stashing. Yeah, I, I don't know. I shouldn't have even brought it up, but it's, it's just the shit that I'm hearing, and that's why we're here. Like... We are here every week to try to tell you what you need to know about what's going on and not the the hours of slodge that you get Monday through Friday on the radio. Yeah, that wasn't even on my radar. But we'll leave it at that. Um, We we do welcome feedback, though. You know, if you want to uh, hit us in the DM on Instagram, you want to hit us with a review on Apple Pods with a question or anything. Happy to answer anything from, from the topic, listeners. Topic. If you want us to go to these open houses and rip the selling agent, we will. We might have to. I mean, that the market's insane. Um, but yeah, I got nothing else. How about you? All right, we'll leave it at that for this week. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks to the sponsors, Menard, Premium Detailing, and Shamrock Sun. Uh, as I said, wherever you're listening, leave us a review. Uh, leave us a rating, subscribe, follow on Instagram, follow on Twitter, uh, all the good stuff. And I think I touched it all. We'll talk to everybody next week. Have a good one.